Hello everyone, welcome to lesson 8 of The Ordinary Photographer. This week we're talking about lenses uh, and focal length. And the reason I kind of separated this one off is because it can get quite complicated. I've been dreading it, to be honest, because it's one of the most difficult ones to try and explain. So, as, as we've already talked about, the lens goes on the front of the camera. And one of the functions of the lens is the aperture. So shutter speed and ISO are both functions of the camera, so you don't need to worry about those. But lenses, aperture is the really important bit in that. And aperture is the hole that allows light to go through. And it can be really, really wide to let lots of light through. Or it can be really narrow, and that doesn't let very much light through. Uh, and we've already talked about how that affects depth of field. Uh, and if you need a refresher, please dip back into the aperture episode, which is lesson six-ish, I think, uh, to talk about, to, or to understand a little bit more about how aperture affects depth of field. But really, we're just sticking to talking about lenses today. Now, if you've got a camera that's got a fixed lens on it, i.e. you can't take it off, well, then there's probably not a lot of point in listening to this, uh, this episode. This episode really is for people who have cameras that can have detachable lenses where you can take the lenses off uh, and, and in some cases taking the lens uh, buying lenses is actually quite confusing simply because of the variety out there and knowing what's good and what isn't is very difficult and, and what you're paying for an awful lot of the time so to start with when, when you look at a lens, when you look through the camera it gives you a view of the scene in front of you and depending on the focal length of the lens, that will give you a different type of view. And focal length is measured in millimetres, uh, and it's usually stamped on the front ring of the, of the lens. And if you look for something that says uh, something with the words MM, or the letters MM after it for millimetres, that will give you the focal length of the lens. And when we're talking about millimetres, the, the, the lower the millimetre number, the wider the field of view. So an 18mm lens, for instance, will give you quite a wide field of view, whereas a 300mm lens will give you quite a narrow field of view. And without getting into too much detail and remembering this is only a beginner's course, that 300mm is a, is a physical limitation. So if you've got a 300mm lens, then it's 300mm from that front element all the way back to the sensor. If you've got an 18mm lens, then it's 18mm from the front element all the way back to the sensor. And they might do some jiggery-pokery in the interim. But generally speaking, the, the longer your focal length, 300-400mm, the longer the lens physically actually is. And for those of you that have got iPhones, you realise that you don't really have the capability physics prevents you from having the capability to have a two or three hundred millimeter lens because the iPhone is only I don't know was it five millimeters eight millimeters thick so even if they put the sensor tight up against one side and the lens tight up against the other side the, the most field of view you're going to get off that thing is about eight millimeters and I know you can buy um, add-on strap-on things that you can you can stick on the side of your phone that will extend that but you're limited by physics when it comes to focal length of lenses and the way they get around that is by having sensors of different sizes so if you imagine looking through a telescope 
that will give you a circular field of view and that's exactly what a lens gives you when you look through a camera but because the sensor is rectangular in shape it's usually a rectangle cut out of the middle of that circular field of view now if you're using a camera with a smaller sensor instead of it being a rectangle that's that's cut out to go round to the edges of that circle it actually takes a chunk out of the middle uh, and if you're looking at something like an iPhone which has a tiny sensor in it you're actually cutting a tiny square out of the very middle of that big circle um, and so that's why the lower focal lengths like seven eight nine millimeters look normal on an iPhone because the sensor is actually so so very small um, so when you when you're thinking about field of view that you get with a a different lens so an 18 millimeter lens as i've said will give you a wide field of view a 200 millimeter lens will give you a really narrow field of view it's a bit like a telescope it's more magnifying and and, and looking at a, it, is, it is really just like a telescope 300 400 500 millimeters they give you a much more magnified view and that's why things like sports photography and wildlife photography you see tend to see people with huge lenses because they've got these these really really long focal lengths landscape photographers who are trying to get nice wide views generally don't tend to use that sort of thing so their lenses are often an awful lot smaller and with that increased size comes increased expense invariably and once you get to certainly anything over 200 300 millimeter uh, you're starting to pay big money for these the magnification and the quality that you get now there's different types of lenses uh, there's two different type, two main different types of lenses. The first one is the prime lens, which is a fixed focal length. So it's say a 50 millimeter lens. You can't change that. When you look through the camera, you get the same field of view all the time, and you can't zoom in and zoom out. And, and those of you that have used a camera at all will know that, that the majority of cameras these days come with the ability to zoom in and zoom out. And you know, on your phone, you can pinch in and pinch out and things like that. And what that does is that ability to zoom gives you multiple focal lengths uh, so in on some cameras you might see it's an 18 to 55 millimeter lens and that'll be stamped on the on the on the front by the front lens there and now that, what that's telling you is that at its widest it's 18 millimeters and its narrowest is 55 millimeters and by rotating the barrel of the lens you can scroll up and down through that and I guess the terms as well, when we use wide angle lens, we generally mean a, wild, a wide field of view and something like 18 millimeters, 24 millimeters, 27 millimeters, that gives you quite a wide field of view. Whereas at the other end, we've got the two, 300, which, which is more of a telephoto field of view and, 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 and the telephoto is generally the, the, the word used to describe those longer focal lengths. So we talked about prime lenses that have a fixed focal length. Zoom lenses have a variable focal length. And so the question is, why would you ever buy a prime lens when you've got the flexibility of a zoom lens? Well, the problem with zoom lenses is they've got a lot of moving parts in them simply because they have to change their focal length on them. Whereas fixed focal length, like a 50 millimeter lens, it doesn't really have any moving parts in terms of changing the focal length, it stays the same. So those, general, those lenses are generally smaller, cheaper, and better optical quality than the zoom lenses. But obviously when you buy zoom lens, you get far more flexibility. 
And I guess the other thing when you're when you're buying a, a lens is that the aperture is a major function of the cost. So the widest aperture that it will go to generally means that the glass that's in that lens has to be better quality. If you're only talking about a tiny aperture, then really only the middle bit of the glass has to be any good. Whereas uh, if, if you're talking about a lens that has a wide aperture, you tend to make you need to make sure that all of the glass is pretty good. And because of that, those wide aperture lenses tend to be a lot, a lot more expensive. Uh, and then that maximum aperture is, is a real factor when it comes to um, lens choice. So if, if you, especially if you like to do lots of low light work, so as we've talked about, having a wide aperture means that you have to have uh, lots of light coming through, or that a wide aperture will let lots of light to come through. And that can be really useful if you're taking photographs in low light situations and you want to use fast shutter speeds. Whereas a narrow aperture doesn't let very much light through. And narrow apertures are really, really common in, in cheaper lenses. So having a, a wide aperture or the ability to have a wide aperture is, is something that tends to drive the price of a lens up. So if you want a really, really wide, and, and, and that couples with the fact that it's a zoom lens. So if you want a zoom lens that's got a wide maximum aperture and covers a long range from say 18 to 800, that's gonna cost a lot of money because of the amount of physics and stuff that has to go into making it. And that's why there is there doesn't exist like an, an 18 to 800 f1 lens it just doesn't exist um but simply because of the physics and the expense and the cost and the size of the lens to, to make something like that because if you remember when we talked about aperture the aperture is a function of the uh the, the area of, of light that it's letting through so a 50mm f1 lens would have to have a diameter of 50mm. So, so it has to be 50mm wide and it also has to be 50mm long. So it's, it's going to be quite a big a big lens. But if you say a 200mm lens, f1 would have to be 200mm wide. And that isn't going to happen. So that's why those kind of lenses don't exist. So... Uh, a good example of this is, I'm going to take Canon, Canon as an example and Canon EF lenses. So all lenses have a way of attaching to the camera body uh, and that's called a mount and different mounts have different names. So for Canon, Canon have an EF mount, they have an EFS mount, they have an RF mount, they have an EFD mount. And none of those are interchangeable. So if your camera only takes Canon EF lenses, then that's the type of lenses you need to buy. EFS lenses might mount on it. You need to do some research. But FD lenses or RF lenses won't mount on it unless you buy some sort of adapter. Or in some cases, they just won't mount at all. So understanding the lens mount that your camera has is really, really useful when it comes to buying new lenses, especially buying second-hand lenses, because then you can know whether it'll fit or not. Uh, where's the pause button? So just going back to that Canon 50mm lens, they do an f1.8, a 50mm f1.8, so 50mm means it's fixed, uh, a 50mm field of view. f1.8 is the widest aperture, and you can see what the widest aperture is of your lens if you look on the front. You'll, you'll see, usually see the number one with a colon and then a couple of numbers 
after it, uh, or one number, depending on whether it's a prime lens or a, a zoom lens. So if it's a prime lens, it might have one colon 1.8. And that's telling you the widest aperture it'll go to is 1.8. If it's a zoom lens, it might have one colon four, uh, 4 to 5.6 or 4-5.6. And what that means is at its widest angle of view, the aperture is f4. And at its narrowest angle of view, the aperture is f5.6. So it depends where you are zoomed as to what the maximum aperture is that you can get on that lens so and again i'm going to go back to the canon 50 millimeter example the canon canon do three 50 millimeter lenses so they've all got exactly the same field of view when you put those lenses on the camera what you see is going to be exactly the same but the apertures that you can open it up to are completely different and the 50 millimeter f 1.8 lens is just over 100 quid i think it's made of plastic it's not very good build quality, but it allows you a maximum aperture of f1.8. The Canon 50mm f1.4 lets in more light because it's an f1.4 maximum aperture. The build quality is a little bit better, but instead of it being 120 quid, 130 quid, it's 400 quid. So you're paying a lot more money for that. And then Canon do a 50mm f1.2. And that's, um, we're talking about the difference between f1.8 and 1.2. So it's, whilst it might not sound a lot in terms of numbers, it's quite a significant amount in terms of the amount of light it lets in. But also the build quality is much better. It's got weather sealing and it's 1600 quid. So you get the same field of view with all three lenses, one of which costs 150 quid. The top of the range one costs 1600 quid. And so the question has to be asked, well, why would I spend 1600 quid? Well, if you're a professional that's out working in the pouring rain every day, you would definitely spend that money because the, the, the 130 quid one would be falling to bits after the first rain shower. Um, uh, if you do a lot of low light photography, then the 1.2 lens might be well, might well be the one that you're more interested in because the 1.8 doesn't give you enough light. So there's lots of reasons as to why you might go for the more expensive version. But unless you're shooting very seriously as an amateur or as a professional, the expense of going to those super expensive lens, lenses probably isn't worth it. However, the 18-55 lens that might come with your bog standard camera, the quality on that is pretty poor. And so upgrading to something that's uh, slightly better like that, I, th I think Canon do uh, an 18-55 f2.8, which lets in a lot more light. The build quality is a lot better on it, and it's less likely to fall to pieces. And I've had two 18-55 uh, f4 to 5.6 lenses just fall to bits on me over time. Um, so you are paying for better build quality. And if you go to, I think the was the website, Camera Price Buster, is it a .co.uk site? Let me just let me just double check and pause while I type it in. Yeah, camera price .co.uk. You can actually list by Canon by camera manufacturers, and then the lens mount that you're looking for. So if I look at EF lenses, let's see how right I was. Fifty uh, millimeter, fifty millimeter f one point eight is one hundred and twenty quid. Fifty millimeter f one point four is three hundred quid. 
and the 50mm f1.2 is 1600 quid so it wasn't far off um 70 70 to 300 zooms or 70 to 200 zooms uh, they they do a 70 to 300 f4 to 5.6 uh, for 570 quid but then this 70 to 200 f4 so that's less range only just 70 to 200 instead of 70 to 300 uh, and that is 1400 quid so that's nearly three times the price the 70 to 200 oh no i got that wrong 7200 f2.8, no I didn't get it too wrong, the latest version, is nearly two grand and that's for 2.8 maximum aperture across 7200. So when you're starting out, a 7300 at 560 quid is, is a lot more reasonable or they even do a um, 75 to 300 for 220 quid. So the price ranges are all over the place for these lenses but do your research have a look at the camera reviews on them and, and i'm not just talking about um camera manufacturers like canon just buying canon lenses sigma tamron they all do very very good third party kind of aftermarket ones um and there's there, there are other companies as well that do they all have autofocus. There's an awful lot of companies that do manual focus lenses that are much, much cheaper. But obviously, you've got to focus the lens manually. We talked about focus last time. Having autofocus is a, is a real benefit, but it comes at the expense of cost because obviously, when you half press that shutter button, the camera has to look and decide what's in focus and it moves with little motors in the lens. It moves the lenses back and forth, and that can sometimes be worth it to you if it's something that that you want to have manual focus you can do it pretty quick if you've got that kind of eyesight but for zoom lenses zooming as well as manual focusing i think that takes a little bit of manual dexterity to sort of get your head around but um each to their own and i would often recommend buying secondhand lenses rather than buying brand new simply because it's cheaper and if you buy from a reputable place then then you can get um, you know, if there's a problem with the lens, you can just return it. So, we talked about lenses, we talked about focal length, um, we've talked about the different types of lenses and what makes them expensive and stuff. The, the other thing to think about is uh, the filter size. So, if we haven't talked about filters yet, but you get filters that you can screw onto the front of your lens. Now, all lenses have a different kind of diameter size some lenses have the same some lenses are, are all different but if you're going to buy circular filters if you've got three lenses and they're all a different filter size you're going to buy three different circular um, filters to go on there and so it's it's well worth knowing what the filter diameter is of your various lenses and if you look for it's like an o with a line through it uh, and then it's got something it might have like 58 millimeters written on there that is the diameter of the uh, the the front lens element so if you're looking to buy filters that's the filter size that you want to get you can look it up on google but most of the time if you look on the front of the lens it will give you the the filter size on there 
So as we've as we've already said, this is where I fuck things up. Um, focal length is expressed in millimeters, and it's the same no matter what camera it's on. It's a physics physical thing that can't be changed. Uh, and, and when we're talking about focal length, the the problem it is that different sized sensors give you a different apparent focal length so the focal length is actually physical physically the same but if if i if i go back to what i said before about if you imagine looking through a telescope at, at a scene if you draw a rectangle that went to the very edges of that circle that would give you a field of view if you then drew a rectangle in there that was half the size it would give you a much much less of a wide angle of view and that's the problem with modern day sensors is sometimes the camera sensor is a lot smaller than the image circle that the lens presents and what that means is that the field of view you get through a smaller sensor camera is not the same as it is on a camera that's got a larger sensor so 50 millimeter lens on, on a what's called a full frame camera will give you a rough field of view that's equivalent to what you can see if you're just standing there looking ahead. If you were to put that same 50mm lens on a camera with a smaller sensor, you're actually drawing a rectangle in that field of view that's a lot smaller. And it actually is one and a half times, or it appears to be one and a half times what it actually is. So to a person with a, with a camera that's got a smaller sensor, that 50mm lens actually appears to be more like uh, a 75 millimeter camera and if you've got a micro four thirds camera that sensor is a lot smaller it's it's half the size so you need to actually double that so a 50 millimeter lens actually appears to give you a field of view of a hundred millimeter lens and so it can be quite confusing when you go onto internet forums where they'll say you need a 35 millimeter lens because you can't know what lens somebody needs unless you know what size sensor they've got in their camera so be wary of anybody telling you that you need to have a 35 millimeter lens to see this or you need to have a 55 millimeter lens or when you're doing portraits you must have an 85 millimeter lens because if your camera has got a smaller sensor what tends to happen is that the focal length will appear to be longer for you than it would be for somebody using a full frame camera so if the person that says you need a 50mm lens is you, someone who uses full frame cameras, then you, if you've got a smaller frame camera, you might need a 25 or a 35mm lens to get that same field of view. And I think that's the hardest thing to try and express. It's certainly extremely difficult to try and express on a podcast. Um, I've got a little drawing that I, I put up in the classroom, which really does... It draws the circle of the telescope and it draws the rectangles in it so that you can get an idea as to, as to how much more telephoto the field of view is as the sensor size goes down. And if you're somebody who does a lot of nature and bird photography, using smaller sensor cameras can actually be more beneficial because that 300mm lens, which is quite cheap and easy to make on a, on a, on a tiny sensor camera, might give you a field of view of 600 millimeters which is prohibitively expensive on a, on a full-size sensor and i'm just looking at this now on the camera price buster site i've still got it up here 600 millimeter f4 lens is thirteen thousand pounds whereas 300 millimeter 
is six grand. So if you've got a smaller sensor, putting that 300 millimeter on, it will give you the same view as the 600. You're getting the same image effectively for six grand cheaper. So going for smaller sensor cameras can be useful if you do that type of long distance photography or if you're interested in telephoto type work. So in terms of what lens you might need, it's really, really difficult. Most camera manufacturers, when they sell a camera, will sell a lens that goes with it, and that's called a kit lens. And the focal length range on that kit lens is usually good enough to allow you to do most general type photography work. And it's only if you suddenly decide that there's very specific types of photography that you want to do that you can then say, well, do you know what? I want to do a lot of macro photography. Well, then you need to look at macro lenses. I want to do lots of sports photography, and I'm finding that my lens isn't getting me anywhere near close enough. Okay, so now you're looking at focal lengths that are much longer than the ones that you've got on your camera. Or you might say, well, I'm doing a lot of landscape photography. I, I quite wide angle type work. The kind of the kit lens I've got is, is good enough for the stuff I'm doing. And so before buying any kind of new lens, it's really, really good to ask yourself the question, what am, what am I missing? Is this lens just rubbish? Is the quality it gets, we talked about sharpness last time, is, is the quality that's coming out of it really, really poor? Do I just need an upgrade for what I've already got? That might be the one question. Or it might just be a case of I'm taking photographs of and I'm finding that that 55mm isn't enough. I want to zoom in more. In which case something like a 7200 or a 70 to 300 might be more useful. And there are there are some lenses that do it all. I've got a Tamron lenses 20, 28 to 300 I think it is. And it's great. It's fantastic. It's one lens and it does it all. The aperture on it isn't very wide but that's okay I've got a modern digital camera my eyes I can push my ISOs up to 3200 6400 I didn't really that fussed about having a super wide aperture if I was doing nature photography I think it might be a different story if I was doing sports photography it might be a different story but I'm an amateur just plays around occasionally I see birds in the garden and and, and the lens I have is good enough for that and the expense of upgrading it is, is not worth it to me. Um, and, and if my hobby was birds uh, or nature and, and sport, then upgrading to a, to a really good quality lens that could reach that distance, that would be worth it to me. Instead, my money tends to get spent on things like 50mm lenses that, that open really wide that I can use in really, really poor light so I can take pictures of the cats or people in the house in poorly lit situations um, and I can do it really, really well. So, so really it's very much a question of asking where, where are the deficiencies, where do you want to improve before actually going out and buying another lens. And again, as I say, secondhand, well worth doing. So we talked about lens mounts a little bit. So you can get adapters that allow you to mount lenses from different systems onto your camera. In some cases, you might find that there are certain lenses that will absolutely will not adapt onto your camera. 
so if you are and the, and the, that's the problem with starting to buy into more lenses is as soon as you buy two or three lenses you're kind of locked into that system so if you decide to go down the canon road road and, and you buy three or four canon ef lenses and then you might suddenly find well, i don't really want to move away from that because if i move to nikon i've then got to go and rebuy all my lenses again and sell these ones and so it's again well worth doing your research and i think the majority of people they stick with something because that's what they started with i started with canon that was the first camera i went with i didn't know anything about anything i bought a canon 350d and then i bought lenses to go with it and then i was suddenly locked into the system because when i decided to upgrade my canon 350d i was going to go to nikon because then i'd have to upgrade all my lenses so i just went and bought another canon so if you're starting out and you haven't yet made that leap, it's well worth doing your research. Um, although, to be 100% fair, all the digital cameras from all the manufacturers are excellent quality these days. And there's m more people telling you, oh, it's got this feature, oh, it's got that feature. But the images that come out of them, they're really, really good. And you're not going to notice it on your phone when you're showing people your pictures or on prints when you're showing people your pictures. The only time you can notice it is when you zoom into 100% in Photoshop to look at the tiniest details. And who does that? The only people that look at things like that are photographers. The, the people who appreciate your work, they're not gonna do that. So that's it for lenses. How long did we go on for there? God, 30 minutes. How can I talk about lenses for 30 minutes? That's really boring. Um, I hope you found it useful. Um, if you if you didn't, just um, you can't do a dislike, can you? you? Can't tell me it's boring. You just turn off three quarters of the way through. At which point you won't even be listening to this. But anyway, so I won't go on anymore. I will just say that next week we're going to talk about composition. So we have stopped talking about um, technical stuff as of this week. So yeah, lenses. I did it. I wasn't sure I could do the the whole talking about crop factors and sensors and stuff like that without... I didn't know that I could do it without a drawing. But if it didn't make any sense, I'm really, really sorry I tried. But you, you look it up on the internet. There's, there'll be lots of stuff on there to explain how it works. And I'll, I'll, uh, I'll see you next week. Cheers. <laughs>